Hey there, Bogus listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, your host, B-Boy, Bogus Bryce, a.k.a. Bryce Shoemaker, always here with my best buddy, Jamie Killsby, a.k.a. Hey, man, it's me, J-Dog, checking in from uh, floating somewhere <laughs> over Spaceship Earth. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited today. Why are you excited today? Uh, should we wait? Should we wait to get into it? Maybe we should tell the the bogus listeners that this is our third installment of the in betweener yeah. episodes. In betweener episodes, right? We. <laughs> I feel like we need to explain that, but also I feel like we should just leave it. Uh, I think we should just yeah, leave yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, this is the third installment of the in betweener episode, which is uh, sort of. Episodes that appear in between our flagship episodes that are chock yes. full of uh, knowledge on one topic. Um, so we decided, since this is the third one, we're going to do a triple feature, a triple threat. Ooh, triple A triple threat. double okay. dare dog. Okay. And we wanted to talk about the films of three films of one actor. And... We've long since talked about doing an episode on the films of Tim Curry. Yes, we did. But but that's not who we're talking. That's not about who we're today. talking about today. No. And you said that you were super excited, not because we're not talking about Tim Curry, but we're talking about eh, the guy that's kind of up there along with Tim Tim Curry. Yeah. Especially with the amount of films and that credits that he's their credits that he's done when his over one hundred and fifty film credits. I, I see one hundred and seventy nine. One hundred and seventy nine. That we're film talking credits. about today is Gary Busey. William Gary Busey. I did not know his name was William. Well, there we go. <laughs> we haven't even started the episode yet, and and I gave you a little factoid. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, this is an episode all about Gary Busey, um, someone who I've met. Uh, someone who I have a little bit of a personal story with. Um, he is the madman that you know. And I think that's why people get excited about it. Because, like, he kind of is a genuine madman now. He really is. And he, I feel like he's, like, devolved or evolved into an even crazier madman throughout the last 20 years. But, I, yes, you're, and I, I won't deny that. But I also want to follow that up with some respect for him because <laughs> okay. he is a really good actor. Um, and that's I think people forget that. <laughs> people say, do they just know him as the madman now? But he... I, he, I don't know. I, I he, think so. And I have to disagree with you, Jamie. I don't think he's that good of an actor. I think he's a, a one-trick pony. Well, yeah. We, we know, were talking man. about that a little bit before we started recording, and you said you referred to him as a one-trick pony, which I won't really argue because Gary Busey plays Gary Busey in every movie. He you know, he doesn't <laughs> yes. like have – but, the, you know, Seth Rogen does that. Uh, it's Seth Rogen is the That's same true. character in every movie, and there's a ton of people that are the same character in every movie. The thing I will say – when Gary Busey is playing Gary Busey, which he does in every movie, he fucking does it pretty good. He found his thing and he, he really does it. And we're going to talk about some goofy fucking movies that maybe shouldn't <laughs> even exist. And like he does not phone his performance in. He shows up and he does the job and he does it well That's and convincingly. Whether it's the same character in every movie or not, 
what he does, he he believes in it and he fucking goes for it. So God bless Gary Busey. God bless God America. God bless America. God bless William Gary Busey. And and I have to agree with you with that. Yeah. He does not phone it in ever. He's always the crazy man, Gary. I I love it. So you're you're right. We're we're focusing on three films that maybe should not exist, but what our objective is today with our in-betweener episode is that we each chose one film that the other have never seen before, have never watched or have any recollection of before. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little bit of a backstory about the the film itself, maybe a brief uh, synopsis or summary. And then we're going to try to convince the other one to take the time to either buy it or rent it or find it to watch it. And then uh, at the end of it, we're going to see if the other person will actually do so. Right. And as a bonus, we have a movie that we both watched for our third entry yes. that we'll talk about together. Yep. So I have a movie that I watched that I'm going to pitch to Bryce. He has one that he watched that he's going to pitch to me. And then finally, we're going to talk about one that we watched together. And we're hoping that uh, we can convince you, the listener, to watch all three or at least the one that we watched together. I can tell we'll you, find out. yeah, the three that I are the two that I watched which is, I, we'll get into it. You are going to watch. Everyone is going to watch the two that I watched. Like, <laughs> okay. you're not going to walk away from this and not watch either of them. They're, they're okay. yeah, they're pretty glorious. Fair enough. Well, let's get into this Gary Busey shit show. Uh, I mean, uh, Gary Busey <laughs> triple threat. Hey, uh, Bryce, glad, uh, glad you have on the show. Uh, wait, what? that's Richard Nixon. <laughs> that's Richard Nixon. Almost. Okay. Gary Busey's a little like he's kind of all over the place. Like he's he's very dynamic. It's it's interesting. I watched two of his movies today and I thought I didn't even practice it. And I said, I got that impression. And now that I'm going to do it, I don't have it. <laughs> Not at all. And that's OK. We'll come back to it yeah. another time. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So uh, I'd love to tell you about the movie that I watched and try to convince you to okay. watch it. And I, I, I'm going to tell you it's not going to take a lot of arm twisting to get you to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> All right. What film did you watch? The movie that I watched, <laughs> I rewatched it just before recording. But the truth is, this is a movie that I saw years ago when I first got into B-movies and exploitation movies and uh, low-budget horror movies and stuff. And this movie is called okay. The Ginger Dead Man. Yes, um, woman feature. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this movie came out on November 8th, 2005. Like like Bray said, it is a full moon features film directed by Charles Band, who brought us Puppet Master, Trancers, <laughs> Evil Bong, Demonic Toys, Head of the Family. He's kind of like a Lloyd Kaufman, but... Um, a little grotier in some ways. And I'll get to my personal story uh, with Charles not, Band. Not fully. I feel like he's a little more professional. It's interesting that you compare him to Lloyd Kaufman. But but yeah, I'll, I, I can agree I'll, with I'll tell that. you why I use the word grody when I get to my personal experience <laughs> meeting him. Okay. But, uh, All right. So here's the here's – the, this is what the internet says to describe the synopsis of The Ginger Dead Man from 2005. Okay. Lay it on me, J-Dog. Okay. I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with this synopsis. Um, okay. A witch cooks up trouble when she revives her dead serial killer son as a giant psychopathic gingerbread man intent on killing the girl who had him executed. Okay. So that's, that was it. That's the synopsis that the internet provides. (laughs) Here's my synopsis. Okay. Okay. Gary Busey plays a murdering gingerbread man. (laughs) That's the synopsis. Gary That's Busey <laughs> is Chucky as a gingerbread man. 
He does. He, I love it already. He, he hones his inner Chucky. I don't know <laughs> if the direct, I don't know if Charles Band told him like, Hey, have you ever seen these Chucky movies? Or if he just went for Chucky, but he's doing Chucky for sure. Uh, he's doing I, it. I in bet a big he's way. just doing himself. All right. And Gary Busey's just being himself. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to dive into this a little bit. I'm not going to tell you the whole story of the film because I think that you really should watch this. And I think that I'm going to okay. leave a little bit up to surprise. You should know exactly who gets killed when. That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. But I mean, look, dude, if you're not convinced now, right out of the gate, <laughs> to go on, put on that 2B TV app, because they they have all these B movies for free. Yeah. Um, and and load up uh G- the Ginger Dead Man in all of its beautiful standard definition. <laughs> SD baby. <laughs> then I you know, just based on the idea that it's Gary Busey who comes back to life. As a gingerbread man, and he murders people. If I can't sell you I'm on that love. alone, like, you, you, could, yeah. you could pretty much just stop there. And the next pick. All right, wait. Let, let me let me just play this a little bit, okay? <laughs> Gary Busey. All right, his character's name is Millard Findelmeyer. Okay, which is a which is a, 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 a very fake name, but he's yes. like a lunatic robber. And the and the very first, I mean, it's cold opening, cold, hot, fat. What, however you describe it, the movie just starts. <laughs> He's in a diner okay. and he's just blasting people away with a gun, and, and, wow. and he's and he's doing it and he's selling it and he believes it. You know, Gary Pusey goes for it. Like we said, he does not phone it in. Um, so you start to pick up in the little bits of conversation happening with these people, like hiding under a table, that they're a family and they're watching their dad get killed and the brother get killed and all these people. You know, Damn. so the daughter Sarah survives this this incident and um she later puts gets him put to death essentially uh okay. millard Findelmeyer. she gets her revenge yeah but it but through a very legal way you know they take him oh, to jail and he I gets see. executed and uh Lame. yeah yeah no it's not like <laughs> an evil dead you know chopping hands off and stuff like that i mean she she yeah she had her brother killed and her father killed in front of her and stuff like that and and i, th- I the mother survives too but the event causes her to be like this crazy alcoholic witch um all right anyway. so i'm assuming that gary Busey's character gets caught by the police he's put into custody he goes through a whole court yeah, case, they, and now he's sentenced to to be executed yeah exactly but what's nice about that is that what you just said is actually done really well. Instead of sh- spreading that out across the course of like 15 minutes of the movie, it is all done in exposition. Um, wow. So you see, okay. you see Gary Busey okay. blasting motherfuckers in this diner. Boom, 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 boom. And then the girl Sarah stands up and he goes to shoot her, but he doesn't want to for some reason. And he's like, oh, my mother, she always told me that <laughs> you got to finish what you start. Okay, Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Nicolas Cage too. It is a little bit. I kind of like it. I do. Cool I do character. an okay Nicolas Cage, but we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he goes to blast her away because he says his mother, you know, always tells him to finish where he starts. And then the sirens go off and he goes to run. And then it's all done in exposition in the next scene where we see Sarah, who's still alive, looking like she's she's dealing with it. She's She's depressed and stressed but now she's running her own bakery it was the family bakery she's taking it over 
Um, and they have the, like the worst bit of dialogue in the film for this, for this exposition. Uh, uh, Sarah's friend and, and coworker at the bakery says, uh, Sarah, did you hear that he's being executed today? And they just mailed his ashes to her, his mother. They're like, oh, wow, what? you couldn't shoehorn that in. But yeah, she was she was reading a newspaper. She was like, oh, look, the killer of your dad and it brother. It was a newspaper? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that's believable. Whatever. Right in the neighborhood of having that exposition delivered. The fact that he was being executed and the ashes were being delivered to his mother. Suddenly, a delivery of gingerbread spice shows up at the back door of the bakery. And when they go to grab it. This creepy hooded figure like kind of runs away, and what? And it's a, is it Charles Band? And they're like, yeah, Charles Band. <laughs> He's man. just running away. He's like, buy my movies. Uh, for, they're five dollars. <laughs> Come on. I don't. I'll suck your dick if you buy my movies. Subspecies eight. Come if on. you've ever been met him at a convention, that's what it's like. Really? Buy my movies. Buy my movies. Buy my movies. Buy my movies. <laughs> We have a subscription. Hey, Charles. Sign up. Sign Jeez. up. That's not how we talk. So I don't know why I'm doing that. Um. So, naturally, Sarah makes a three foot, three and a half foot tall gingerbread man out of the gingerbread spice that was delivered mysteriously at her back door. What was the point in that? I just think she's got a lot going on. She's stressed out. You okay. know, she she built him. She she's feeling artistic. She put a little face on him, and it made her happy for a moment. And and there's a, there's right. there's a, a couple subplots going on in the film about. A uh, restaurant across the street that wants to buy her bakery so they could knock it down to bring up the price because it's a, a rundown bakery. There's a couple different subplots happening, but the most important plot is that she makes this giant gingerbread man okay. out of a, out of mysterious, you know, gingerbread. Okay, so naturally, you know where this goes. She bakes the gingerbread man; he comes to life. Okay. Okay. Uh, they. Well, what is that? What is that? And the first line. Well, it sure ain't the Pillsbury fucking doughboy. Ah, oh, yes. The, yeah. He has the quips that Chucky has. Like he's doing. Ch- he's just doing Chucky. Okay. They might have even said this is going to be a Chucky movie, and he's like, "All right, I know that movie." Uh, that was a little better, Gary. He Pizzi. really honed it in. Um. Man. Yeah. He he really went for it. You know, I gotta, I gotta call it out where it's called it out. That it takes place in Waco, Texas. The film, really. And, uh, so there is like kind of weird Southern acting. Like you know, when somebody who's not from the South and they're acting like a Southerner, it's and it's pretty painfully obvious. There's a lot of yes. that happening. Okay. Um, and there's a character in the film named Amos. Uh, who is like the second second main character, and uh, he's very 2005. He's got a Oof. big eyebrow earring. He's got a chain wallet that hangs down to his knees. Jinko jeans. Yeah, yeah. He's very much of his time. Um, but the thing I like about this film, I, I like a lot of things about it. But one of the things I really like is that the characters in this film, almost problematically so, but it works. They're just very accepting of what's going on. Okay, you know how <laughs> in Chucky. And other movies of that sort, they spend a lot of time, like, the whole, like, first two-thirds of the movies, they're like, he's a killer doll, and he's alive, and they're like, get out of here, and people, nobody believes him. They're ready, they go, oh, fucking Ginger Dead Man, gotcha. Like, they're ready. All all the characters (laughs) in this movie are like, we need to kill it. (laughs) And that's, but, but the thing is about it, and that's dumb and silly, because you would resist if somebody told you there was a gingerbread man that came to life, but... Why it works in this film is the film doesn't waste any time, like 
it starts, he's blasting motherfuckers in this diner. You got about two minutes of exposition setting up who, where Sarah is now and this and that. Next thing you know, Gary Busey is alive as a motherfucking gingerbread man and he's killing people. He's murdering them. I appreciate them. that. Yeah, it I, doesn't, I like it doesn't waste any time. Doesn't waste time, yes. I also took a note here. We already said it, but I would be remiss to not mention it again. He does not phone this in. <laughs> if you're looking for physical Gary Busey, he only appears in the flesh for that first opening sequence where he's blasting people in the diner, but he okay. voices the puppet the rest of the way. I do have to ask, does the ginger dead man look or resemble Gary Busey at all? A little bit. Okay, okay. But there are sequels to this film, and by the third one, uh, he has the giant Gary Busey teeth. So they definitely, by the third one, they, they <laughs> made it. And the thing is, I, <laughs> he's not doing the voice in two or three, but they definitely made Try it look like it. Gary Busey. Okay. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, so he looks a little bit like him. He's got pretty big teeth in this movie, but by the third one, his teeth are like bigger than his head. Straight up Gary Busey yeah. teeth. <laughs> um, another thing I like about this movie, besides a little, uh, little things here and there, the movie takes the concept pretty seriously, uh, which I like. There, there's, there's comedy bits and stuff. Like for instance, most of the characters, and you, and they don't rub this in your face. You got to kind of pay attention. A lot of the characters are named after cookie brands and food brands. <laughs> like, uh, I said, the second character's name is Amos, like famous Amos. Yes. And there's yes. a character named Lorna. There's a guy named Jimmy Dean. There's Brickfields. Wow. There's like all these like cookies. That's very tongue in yeah. cheek, but I kind of like that little But they nod. don't rub it. They don't rub it in your face. It's just like a nice little nod. But overall, like, you know, when I explained to you, oh, that's ridiculous. Gary Busey is a gingerbread man who comes to life and kills people. They shot it like they were shooting fucking... Halloween or something like they really wow. were like this they're pretty is, serious about it yeah besides like you know some of the goofy southern acting uh, or trying to be southern uh, and but that's the kind of like names. a full moon trope that's kind yeah, of like yeah uh, and that's what they that's what they go for especially when it that, comes yeah. to like yeah. pr- production value okay so I've heard enough about the story I want to know about the kills man alright I'll on, tell you I don't, wanna, I don't want to I don't want to tell you too many okay okay I, I figured I, I would do it this way let me do it this okay. way okay uh, this actually works perfectly because I wrote down here, instead of telling you exactly what the kills are, I wrote down my favorite quips that came <laughs> right before or after a kill. Yes, I love All this. Right. Okay, okay. So you can use your imagination and assume what some of these are and and, <laughs> and you figure it out. So Okay. Okay, in this part, he has a knife, okay? And then I won't tell you what he does with it, but he goes, you ever try a ladyfinger? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he goes, oh, that's going to leave a mark. And then he goes, here's a good okay. one. Here's a really good okay. one. How about a facial? Yeah. Does it deal with icing? Well, no, no, no. He, he, he stabbed somebody in the face at that point. I see. Okay. He, stays, enough, he stabbed him in the face with a big ass knife. Um, okay. And this is, what, this is one of my favorites. He goes, say goodnight, cream puff. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Hey, that was a pretty good impression, too. I'm nice getting job, I'm man. getting better as the episode goes. I'm getting yeah, better. Yeah, you're getting a little more Busey. tired. I feel like you yeah. got to be, like, almost exhausted. Oh. It's it's very interesting. <laughs> I've had a long life. <laughs> Seriously, he has. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I could talk about this a long time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up in a in a little bit of a long conclusion here, and I'm gonna okay. say that this film really delivers. Okay, um, the ginger dead man parts are very satisfying. 
Um, so, you know, you see these movies with these slashers and stuff. And like, if you go back and you watch the first Friday the uh, 13th film, which I love and it's a classic and it is a staple to the genre there. The kills are not super satisfying because you don't really see much. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's for, uh, first person. So you can't really tell what's going on. And even movies beyond that. So a lot of, you know, the, the kills and the monster parts and the killer parts, slasher parts are not super satisfying. You feel like, oh, I want to see them a little more. I want to, yes. you get your money's worth in Ginger Dead Man. They're very, okay. all his parts are satisfying. He looks cool. Like Jenny, I mean, he's a goofy puppet, but it's a cool looking goofy puppet. That's great. Um, it's puppet. So it's practical effects. It's yeah. Not CGI. All right. There's, That's there's perfect. like no CG in this film. Um, in fact, the the final, the very final shot of the movie is like, I don't know if I want to tell you. I don't know if I want to spoil it, but I'll Please just say. Don't, don't, because I'm going to okay, watch okay. this. I'm already, all all I will say me. is the last, very last shot of the film, it seems like they ran out of absolutely every penny they had. And they were like, <laughs> we need this. How are we going to do this? So you, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's got a okay. very Goosebumps introduction theme to it, you know, feel to it. Um, I love it. Ginger Dead Man is the dream B movie. It fucking delivers. It's not boring. It picks up. It takes off. Um, Great, satisfying kills. Good puppet effects. Never boring. Gary Busey is in it. Gary fucking Busey's Um, in it. Like I mentioned, this was kind of one of the first films I picked up when I got into B-horror and deep into like you know, the, the, the true realm of it and, and going to conventions <laughs> yeah. and finding tr- film discovery and finding out, Oh, this is a crazy looking movie. So I, the, one of the first conventions I went to Charles band was there and he was talking about working with Garrett Busey on this movie. And he said, uh, he was on stage and he was like, who wants to hear the Gary Busey story? And everybody's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Buy my movie first. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, Buy my movie. Buy it. <laughs> No, the story was that they were filming the the, the opening part. G- Gary Busey was on set for not very long because the re- every everything Just else he does voice is voiceover after that. Mm-hmm. And so for like the hour that he was on set, they were like, "All right, so let's get him in the show." Hey, did anybody see Gary? Where'd Gary go? And they go looking for him, and he's out behind a two of the trailers with two young women. And what? he's saying, show it to me. Show me the bush. I want to see the bush. <laughs> what? And apparently the story was while they were waiting for the cameras to set up, Gary had mentioned something to these young women about how like this, uh, this new generation, they don't have any bush and I want the bush. And then they, these <laughs> girls were ridiculous. like, oh, I, I, and the girls were like, I have, we, uh, well, I have bush. And he was like, show it to me. I want to see the bush. <laughs> So he went out. Oh my god! Yeah, went out behind the the thing, and that's where they found him. Wow! So I recommend wholeheartedly, more than most things, that you seek this movie out. And let me tell you something: you don't have to seek very hard. It's on all those like weird bootleg apps, like Tubi and stuff like that. Um, do you think that you'll be watching this movie? Honestly, after hearing that story about Gary Busey and. Uh, potentially being a pedophile no well <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> he did not there were no implications of the of the age i will okay. say in the story you so said I've, young so i didn't know what young consisted I, I, 18? I, I, yeah no I, I imagine like 20s or something like that because there was no there were no there i don't think there's any kids in the movie at the very end there are and again 
I won't spoil that final scene for you, but you okay. should check it out. <laughs> no, you've you've convinced me, and it's free on Tubi. I just looked it up. Tubi has a, a partnership with uh, Full Moon, so they have a lot of their like pretty much their film, almost all their filmography, along with Charles Band's like directed and produced. Uh, kids movies which is fantastic yeah and uh, so yes yeah you've convinced me even from like the get-go just hearing how amazing the puppetry is and yeah. um how off the wall the, the kills are yes you've you've convinced me to check out and if you like Ginger it there's Dead a part Man. two and a part three and then a crossover with uh evil bomb yeah, evil yep. bomb yep. yes ginger dead members evil bomb check it out yep a new kind of cookie the hell is that but it sure ain't the Pillsbury fucking dope boy. Something's in the oven. The ginger dead man. <laughs> Evil never tasted so good. All right, man. Uh, I'm going to follow that up with a kid's movie starring Gary Busey. Right. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I am so ready. <laughs> they should not allow that man around children. <laughs> they really shouldn't, especially after that story from Charles I want to see the boat but also I don't fully I don't fully trust Charles Band but but anyway um, my movie that I'm going to try to convince you to pick up and watch is called Jacob Tutu meets the hooded fang well it better deliver because I already forgot the name (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a long ass name. Jacob Tutu meets the hooded thing was released straight to VHS on April of 1999. This is, this is just a few years prior to ginger dead man. Uh, about six yeah. years, but, but yeah. So I'm going to do the same thing that you did. I'm going to give a brief summary. Um, this is one that I actually wrote myself because the one that I got off the internet was only one sentence long. <laughs> it was not very yeah, good. Yeah. So so here's mine. And I'm going to try to do it in my uh, trailer voice, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. We'll try this, okay. <clears throat> in a world where Jacob Tutu is the younger, annoying brother. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Tutu is the younger, annoying brother. He has a wild imagination and constantly caught daydreaming. One day, he hits his head really hard in the local grocery store, getting two firm red tomatoes. This accident sends him into a bizarro world where the evil hooded fang runs a sweatshop employed by kidnapped children. Now, Jacob Tutu has to face his own fears, lay the smack down on the hooded fang, and saved his kidnapped friends. Wow. Wow. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it's the entire movie. A couple right tomatoes there. bonking his head, getting kidnapped yep. by child slaves or something like that. This is pretty heavy. So you think that might be, that might be it. Like That, that kind of sums it up. But you're totally wrong. There's so much more to talk about. I can't imagine. I can't imagine there being any more. <laughs> I can't imagine that you fit any more into a movie. Well, just you wait, J okay. Dog. Just you I'm wait. Waiting. So Gary Busey played the Hooded Fang, which is a wrestler of the underworld. He's also the evil leader of the Lost and Stolen Children, and um, he looks pretty fucking cool in his in his his outfit, his wrestling outfit. Wow. So his outfit, his wrestling outfit is pretty fucking rad because he's wearing like this cowl with a, with a cape. It's, it looks all kind of makeshift because it's like different pieces of fabric all sewn together to make all of it. And it's, it's pretty rad. And I'll get to the reason why he has to wear the hood uh, here in a moment. So here's my opportunity to try to convince you to watch this film, um, even though it sounds like you already want to pick it up. <laughs> well, you, I, 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 
I wasn't sold on the tomatoes and the bonk in the head and stuff like that. But now that I'm picturing this uh, um, shredder situation, I'm, I'm like, well, I could, I could see this as something I want to fuck with. But that. so you, you still got to. Okay. So we, I'm, I'm listening. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. So imagine a mixture of the music and offbeat characters from Return to Oz with the surrealness and quirkiness from Alice in Wonderland and the story and atmosphere from Peter Pan. Jesus. All of those things smashed together makes Jacob Tutu meets the hooded fame. With Gary Busey. With Gary Busey. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. And uh, in fact, a lot of 90s kids call this the, their first real acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's how crazy and bonkers and quirky this film is. You're selling me more and more here. Okay, good. I'm on the right track then. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to be looking this up. <laughs> Already? Dang, that, this is great. Okay. I'm looking it up now. It, it can't wait. Okay. <laughs> so this movie has uh, wrestling in it, which you can get behind because we both love wrestling. And uh, Gary Busey plays a wrestler um, that's not only a badass, but he sings in this movie. Oh, you know what? Have you ever he, seen a film with him singing in it besides like Buddy Holly? I was going to say Buddy Holly. Um, okay. <laughs> but I know uh, he was, I mean, we didn't talk much about Gary Busey as a person in the beginning, but like th- th- his introduction to show business was music. He was a drummer really? and a singer and uh, he played in several bands and, and recorded uh, albums on big record labels and stuff. So it doesn't surprise I me that he sings. I did not know that. Yeah. And that would... Um, that actually does surprise me because he does not have that good of a singing voice. <laughs> and uh, throughout this movie, he seems like he's like one beat off. It's oh, really weird. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just strange, especially when he's singing and dancing. It just seems like he's off just a little bit. But maybe that's intentional. Maybe he's trying to uh, indulge the quirkiness of the movie itself. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. So um, I will say the soundscape for this movie is absolutely amazing. The score, Amazing. like the like, uh, well, the soundscape in general with like the the sound effects and uh, the background music, and there is a lot of singing. This is almost kind of like, um, it almost kind of reminds me of an older Disney film because they always have kind of like uh, song breaks. And what I love about the song breaks in, in this is that each song or score is like a guiding, uh, has guiding lyrics. So, for instance, when the film first starts out, it talks about uh, the, the narrator or whoever singing talks about Jacob Tutu and how he got his name and how he always has to say things twice. But he's singing all of this. And I, I really love that. I really enjoy that. That is kind of classic Disney. It, it kind of is. I mean, it's not affiliated to Disney at all, but but it has that. It has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, let's take a moment to listen to that first track to kind of give you an idea what Jacob Tutu is all about. Let's hear it. Jacob Tutu had two hands, two feet, two ears, and two eyes, two arms, and two legs in exactly his size. Now you might find this is too much to believe in, but even Jacob's age is oddly very even. So, so do you see out. how it's kind of like, uh, it almost kind of reminds me of like Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like a very guiding song to kind of help uh, introduce the story and the character to the audience. I like it. I like it a lot, and I'll tell you why. Because we need to take Nightmare Before Christmas back. Hot Topic took it from us. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> that was my kindergarten birthday party. It was Nightmare Before Christmas, and Hot oh, Topic wow. got its grubby fingers on it. So, yeah, I love that kind of shit. That's, that's okay. awesome. 
Cool. So we're on the same page here then. Um, another reason why to, to love Jacob in general, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, because we've talked about this previously on uh, old episodes of the Forever Bogus podcast, we would always put together like costumes and we always enjoyed dressing up. Um, mm. Is that right? Yeah, of course, dude. I, I fucking uh, was Riddler for Halloween one year, Jim Carrey's Riddler, and uh, I just put that on. All, All the, the time, time. <laughs> for, for, until for for the remainder of it fitting, I would just like yes. put it on randomly. And I was the same way. I always like dug out the Halloween costumes because I just enjoyed playing, you know, makeup or just put makeshift makeshift uh, costumes together. So Jacob does the same thing because he has a very wild imagination and he has this makeshift um, astronaut costume with like football pads, a long blanket as like a cape, and swimming goggles that were missing like the lenses. It has like hockey gloves on and as like a little blaster gun, like a, scun- a um, space blaster. He uses this really weird hair stylist looking thing. It works really well. It's, it's pretty DIY. Like- Yes, it's very DIY, and I can definitely relate to it. DIY or die, and I can relate to it as well. He sounds like a good kid. He sounds like a good egg. He's kind of annoying. But, but anyway, okay. so uh, Jacob Tutu's father sends his six-year-old kid alone to the grocery store to get two firm red tomatoes. Two firm red tomatoes. Fair. <laughs> yes. And there's an actual song about it during his like little journey from his house to the grocery store. Two firm and, red um, tomatoes. Two firm that is red tomatoes. That's actually pretty close. Is that pretty close? It's very cool. close. So uh, Jacob Tutu gets to the grocery store. The uh, grocer is kind of being an asshole. He's just being like a sarcastic asshole to him. And uh, Jacob asks him like, hey, I need two firm red tomatoes. And the grocer is like, ooh, you're being aggressive to me? And about that time, a uh, police officer walks walks in and the grocer's kind of being sarcastic to the police officer you're saying like this kid is being aggressive towards me you're gonna have to arrest him and jacob freaks the fuck out and like tries to run out of the store but he can't because another cop walks in and so he just runs his way through the store runs down into the basement hits his head and blacks out there we go okay there we all right go. all right all right <laughs> so he just right uh, he sees some this this kid just sees some cops coming he starts naruto running you know like the way the anime kids run with their arms <laughs> yes. behind their back running yes. head first and he bonks his head all right okay okay okay, okay. so um when he blacks out, he wakes up in this very bizarro kind of land. And um, all the like people that he sees within the grocery store turns into like these weird bizarro characters. Like one's like portrayed as a bird, another one's portrayed as a as a toad. And um he wakes up in a in a courtroom. He's got his own lawyer, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with him because he stole uh two firm red tomatoes from the store. And um, out of nowhere, we see Ice-T, the rapper, come up walking, and apparently he's the judge, he's the singing judge, sorry, uh, named Justice Ruff. Wow. <laughs> is he a dog person? He, he is not a dog person. Okay, because I thought the Ruff was R-U-F-F. Because I'm getting, I'm getting uh, Wizard of Oz vibes, you know, since see, everybody exactly. is... Okay, okay. So as I said before, he's a singing judge, so he actually sings... Uh, Jacob, his uh, penalty for for stealing two firm red tomatoes, and um, why not? Let's go ahead and t- take a little listen to to this track to see how he sounds. Let's hear it. <laughs> if he's let go, no grown up would be safe. This boy's been on mischief; you can see it in his eyes. Then he has the nerve to come here and fill my courts with lies. 
He ought to be locked up like all the other. So what do you think of his rapping? <laughs> I, I I had a feeling going into I was like he's not gonna you know he's gonna be rapping this thing he has he, to. he has to he has uh, to no way uh, so yep. yeah I'm getting more and more sold by every every song here <laughs> so I mean I had to cut this song short of course for time but uh, what happens is that Jacob Tutu is sent to the hooded Fang sweatshop on Slimer's Island whoa that's right I said Slimer. And uh, when I say Slimer, what do you think of? Oh, uh, the Royal Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you think that like, ooh, there might be kind of a cool ghost thing where maybe there's ghosts on this island or something. No, it's not. It's just these really tall men covered in like toy slime that scares all the kids. I like that. <laughs> I like that. that? I like okay. that more, actually. Okay, because they took enough, your expectations enough. and they flipped it upside down, which I like. That is very true. <laughs> he's just a tall wet guy as it turns out <laughs> just a tall wet guy ew there's a tall wet guy here <laughs> show me your bush <laughs> I want to see it I want to see the bush I want to see the bush <laughs> uh, speaking of Gary Busey we finally see him pop out um, he does like a little Tarzan swing into the ring at this prison and he has a whole like dance number and he sings in it and uh, he actually sings a couple songs in this entire film. And uh, I just want to give you a little bit of taste of this first song where he talks about how he grew up. Okay. Oh, cool. We'll give yeah. you a little taste about this. Okay. A little taste. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the basement locked away from all outsiders. All Fear the hooded fang. I ain't spider went for breakfast for lunch. I ain't the spiders. So as I said before, he's not really that good of a singer, but I think that might be intentional. I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I have to I did a good job in Buddy Holly, you know. He did. Um so maybe that is part of the character. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He he is an unhinged lunatic, but he also happens to know <laughs> who else was an unhinged lunatic. Uh, Charles Manson. He convinced people to murder people. So he kind of he was also a singer. So there and you he go. was a singer. Oh wow! We just made a weird connection here. Yeah. Yeah. Ding ding okay, ding but ding. Anyway, so so the song that he sings, the first one, he kind of just gives a backstory of himself. Um, he said that uh, he grew up in the basement. He ate all the spiders. Never had a childhood or never had fun. He fell from the cradle into some nasty scum. Like he tries to like rhyme there, which is fun. Um, he also says no education, but showed up to the first grade. Teacher sent me home because she got too afraid. Cool. <laughs> cool. I knew kids like that. Did you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's funny, just uh, just a, a little uh, thing here where he says at the beginning of the film, because there's like a little like promo, like a wrestling promo, and uh, apparently he, uh, Gary Busey's wrestling character before the Hood of Fang was forced to wear a hood because they said that if he wore the hood, he wouldn't scare anybody, but if he took it off and anybody would see his real face, it would their brains would essentially just melt. I like that. That's how I want to live my life. <laughs> you like yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> I want to be like that. Okay. That's, okay. That's, how do I get that? How do I achieve that, Gary Busey? I don't know. I want to achieve. I think you have to get a tumor the size of, uh, what was a softball? A plum. 
a plum. Yeah, okay, yeah. Another thing we were talking, we didn't get too deep into Gary Busey personal stuff, but before we started recording, uh, I was making note about how his eye started looking really strange somewhere like in the late 90s. Like, if you if you look at a picture of him, you know what we're talking about. But I don't want to dunk on him too much because there's a story about him getting a plum-sized tumor removed from his sinus sometime in the mid-90s. So that's probably why it that's is. Crazy. So I won't, I won't dunk on him because of more that. More than likely. Yeah. More, I, I thought he had a stroke, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But that, that's that's taken away from uh, Jacob Tutu here. So, true, 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 true. So the rest of this film, um, Jacob Tutu is trying to save all these kidnapped children from the sweat factory. Um, where in this fa- sweat factory, all the children – all the children do is just take all the scum and throw it into the fire to produce all this fog um, outside of the factory, just to make the atmosphere of how weird and spooky uh, Slimer Island looks. Oh, it's a scum fog factory. It's a scum fog factory. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, know those. You've heard of those, yeah. right? On yeah, Slimer yeah. Island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, I, I went to scum fog factory summer camp when I was a kid. Oh, I didn't know that. that yeah. That kind of makes total sense. Or J-Dog. Yeah. We made scum fog. We made scum fog. <laughs> So honestly, there are probably another five music numbers. Um, the ending gets really kind of hairy, but it, it works out for Jacob Tutu. And I really don't want to spoil the rest of the movie because I think our listeners will definitely want to go check it out. But I have to ask you, J-Dog, yeah. have I convinced you to buy and watch Jacob Tutu meets the Hooded Fang? Well, I'll start with the negative really quick, and I'll say that okay. I know I know you grew up with Disney and DComs and Disney Channel, and I did not. And while I appreciate <laughs> that stuff now, I remember when I was a kid, you know, watching Pocahontas, I'd be like, "This bitch singing again! <laughs> Damn, why?" Why is she singing again? The color of the wind, dude. But just based on, uh, what was it, Scum Fudge Island or Scum... <laughs> Scum Fog Island? Scum Fog Island and, and Gary Busey uh, swinging on a tightrope into a ring. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sold. I'm sold because of Busey, though. You know okay. what I mean? I, I, I didn't need to... I don't need any of the other elements. I just want Busey. I need more Buse. So you sold okay. me. I think I'm going to check this out. More <laughs> Maybe I go. can find a highlight reel of, on YouTube of just the Buse. The Buse on the loose. Instead of the give me the show me the bush, show yeah. me the Buse. Show me the Buse. <laughs> I want the Buse. <laughs> Girls don't have Buse anymore. Okay, man. Uh, those are two Busey movies. And uh, we told the listeners at the beginning of the show, we have one more that we're going to cover that we actually both watched together. Yep. What movie is that? This is 2003's masterpiece, Quigley. Quigley. Um, If you haven't heard of Quigley, I am not surprised at all. Quigley is a movie where essentially Gary Busey dies and he (laughs) comes back to life as a small Pomeranian named Quigley to sort of wrong his rights. Very similar to uh, Eddie McDowd. Yes, um, I was getting ready to say that. So let's just give a, a brief summary. I mean, you kind of already gave it, but I'm just going to give it a little bit more um, substance here for, for our listeners. So Gary Busey plays Archie Channing. He's the jaded billionaire CEO of a technology corporation, and he dies in a car accident, which they really don't show, which is interesting. Yeah. But it's it's alluded that he died. And they, show, to, they show him swerving, but you don't see like a crash or anything. No, you really don't. And so no. to atone to his own sins, 
God has Archie return to Earth in the form of a white Pomeranian named Quigley, like you said. And uh, it, it does, really does feel like a hundred deeds for Eddie McDowell ripoff because he has to complete all these good um, deeds. Uh, well, let me let me let me let me add an asterisk there real quick about okay, his ahead. good well, deeds. Add there. <laughs> kind of kind of one of the things here with with Quigley, and it it, it is a, pl- a point in the plot. And it also affects you as the viewer is that he doesn't really know what he has to do. He knows he has two big missions when he gets back to Earth, but his guardian angel won't tell him and he's not allowed to help him. And he doesn't really know what to do. And and that happens. That affects you as a viewer because you're like, what the fuck is he doing? What is he supposed to be doing? Like, you feel like you you feel like you're missing something. But I think like that's I don't want to say that's the point, but that's. You know, that he doesn't know either. The character doesn't know. But you as a viewer are like, what is going on? For like that whole middle chunk of the movie, I'm like, I have no clue what's happening. That's a good Um, point. Now that you have explained that, that flaw, which I'm going to say it's a flaw of the writers, may have actually worked in their face. Yes. Because now you're kind of seeing it through. Uh, Quigley's eyes, Gary. Because you are. He's very frustrated and confused. And he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. He does all these good deeds, his quotation yeah. marks, uh, yeah. good deeds. And he's like looking back at God or his uh, guardian angel. He's like, okay, I'm ready to go back now. He's yeah. like, nope, that, that wasn't Maybe it. Maybe that's on purpose. I, I I don't know. Maybe saying that's on purpose is giving the filmmakers a lot of credit here. Because <laughs> here's the thing. If you watch Quigley, you're going to want to quit instantly. Yes. You're going you're gonna to want to quit like the second it starts because you're going to realize – no shit, this budget is maybe $35. And and I will say that it becomes very prevalent that this is a Christian-based movie. Yes, yeah. I, and actually, when I was watching it, because it's, it's unbelievable. The first thing I said to Bryce was like, this is not a movie. This is somebody's money laundering scheme. Yes. Honestly, because like sometimes they fucking make a shit movie just so they can move some money around without the government saying, hey, why'd all that money move? And this is what <laughs> that really seemed like at first, because I was like... <laughs> This doesn't look like a real... It's shot on, like, a $90 Amazon camera. It It, really feels that way. It's like... Although, I do want to say, it looks like fucking shit. It looks awful. It does. Um, But everybody's, like, kind of acting. Yes. um, Christopher Armstrong, uh, that name should ring a bell because he was in, like, uh, a bunch of 80s movies. He's Booger Um, from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, exactly. He's in this movie. He plays like the CFO. He pretty much like steps in as a CEO once uh, uh, Gary Busey dies. And yeah. uh, he is phenomenal in this film. I mean, yeah, he's not- he doesn't like, you know what it is? I When I was reading a little bit about Gary Busey, um, sometime in the mid 90s, he announced that he's like super Christian. Yes. Um, so I think that. It's not a money laundering thing. I think that he is just a, a Christian dude because I also saw um, in the deleted scenes and uh, background stuff on the DVD, he like hung around and decorated the set and stuff. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say that he was very involved uh, from for, for this film from the beginning to the end. And he would stick around like late at late at night to help those who were doing like the sets and stuff help decorate and get yeah. things set up for the next shot for the next day. I, I did find it suspicious that nowhere on the internet is there information on the budget of this film. I know it's very interesting. So that's why I feel like it could be a laundering uh, yeah. thing, but maybe but then again, he is really Christian. And then they start, I, I mean, know. cause they start dumping some like uh really 
heavy Christian stuff at the end. Like God is like, you can't just do good deeds and buy your way into heaven. You need to believe in Jesus. Like that's some yes. real Christian shit, you know? It got real heavy, um, yes. So it's like, yeah, it kind of lines up, you know? Okay, so I don't want to give too much away, but let's give a little bit of highlights that we thought was that would be worth yeah. uh, mentioning about this film, um, just to convince the listener to check this out. Okay, did you notice when he dies and he goes first goes to heaven? Heaven is essentially a casting couch with a white sheet put over it. That's what I was thinking. It was like a really bad <laughs> waiting room or something. I, I did not understand that. It's like where they shoot porns that take place in offices, but they just put white sheets over it. <laughs> <laughs> to cover up all the jizz. There was a series of angels when he goes into heaven. Yes. Uh, okay, one of them was black. That dude uh-huh. is in Star Trek. Yes, I noticed yeah. him. I was like, wow, I wonder how much you got paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe I, maybe everybody on here is a super Christian and they just did it for maybe nothing. That's, that's what I'm starting to think. Maybe it is. But there's also another point. Well, it's actually multiple points throughout the movie um, where – Gary Busey turns into the dog and like there's no real special effects in this movie so the camera will like turn away and then come when it comes back it's like the dog it's just, yes. it's just standing there so so basically Gary everybody sees Gary Busey as a small Pomeranian except for the guardian angel so when he, like, he's talking to his guardian angel we as the viewers see Gary Busey sitting on the ground with a dog collar around his neck <laughs> yes and his shirt like <laughs> unbuttoned so halfway uh, so do you, um, do you think Gary Busey cut his own hair for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Gary Busey cuts his hair at all. I think it just stays that length forever. It's not. It's like a natural wig. <laughs> I think he has that '90s telemarketing technology. That's a vacuum that you put on your head, oh, and when it sucks the hair up, yeah, I think he uses a floby. <laughs> I can see that his hair was always crazy. I don't think they had enough of a, of a budget for hair and makeup. The only it time was just madness every time. Yeah, the only t- <laughs> the only time that he fixed his hair was the very end when uh, he shows up to to make amends with his estranged brother. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into that just a little bit. So um, Gary Busey, okay, Quigley um, saves this young girl from getting ran over by a car or a truck or something. Yeah. And so the little girl brings the dog to her home and come to find out it is uh, uh, Gary Busey's character, Archie Channing's brother. Uh, it's it's his home and it's his family. Yeah, so he saved his niece. And he uh, so he it. saved his niece. I don't know if he recognized that or realized that, but then you find out that a little bit of a backstory that um, Gary Busey's character no longer talks to his brother's character, and uh, I guess there's some feud or something going on yeah. there. And so this is where the movie kind of really picks up, and this is like I don't know, forty minutes in the movie. Yeah. It's like a, it's really deep into the movie where you're like, I don't know where this is going. They really because they they start diving into these subplots, and then it, it seems like they're almost like, all right, fuck that, we're not going to do that. Yeah, next. Uh, and they, <laughs> there's a lot of subplots that build up, and they just uh, seemingly abandon them. Yes. Um, uh, you know what I found really funny was uh, the age discrepancies in this film. <laughs> Gary Busey's character, when he first dies, he's talking to his guardian angel, and he says. Uh, I was hoping I'd. Uh, he's he's basically implying that he's under forty years old. What? And he looks like he says he says I hope he said I hope that I'm a billionaire by the time I'm forty. He's like fuck. He looks like he's a hundred. He looks like the <laughs> yes, crypt keeper. He, <laughs> he looks like the crypt keeper. Booger from Revenge of the Nerds says uh-huh. I'm going to be a VP by thirty five. He's like you. He was like fifty in that movie. Yeah, you fucking liar. That is crazy. But hey. Uh, long-time listeners of the cast 
will recognize security guard played by Bill Fogerbach. Yes. Uh, I still I still have a hard time knowing the true pronunciation of that last name. I, I think it's Fogerbach. But he played the mummy in Under Wraps. He played the mummy in Under Wraps. And if you don't know what we're talking about there, he's the voice of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob yes. SquarePants. Yes. Um, hey, did you notice that Oz Perkins, the, the actor who plays the guardian angel, he has a different outfit in every scene? <laughs> Yes, I've noticed that. I really wonder if they did not have any outfits for him. That he just showed up when he was wearing that day to the shoot. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there was like a hair and makeup department. I I no. don't know. I also want. I wanted to watch the credits of this film because it is a. It is perplexing to say the least. This film. <laughs> yes. I was like, I gotta see. Is there a hair department? Is there a makeup department? But I watched it on Tubi, and they and they cut off the credits like a quarter yeah, of the way the in. Upcoming next yeah. whatever yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the only downfall with that app. But so it will forever be a mystery. I I assume there was nothing. Uh, but that's that's another thing I want to mention about this movie that makes it particularly difficult difficult to do a podcast about. There's no information about this movie online. There really isn't. Like, if you go to the Wikipedia, the IMDb, you do uh, alternate Google searches, you look up interviews and stuff, there's really nothing. So, we can only talk about what happens in the movie and why you should or shouldn't watch <laughs> in our it. our own thoughts. Yes, exactly. I can't even tell you how much the movie costs to make. I don't think it costs anything to make. I don't know. Drug money. <laughs> my fucking uh, theory, my conspiracy theory, is that everyone in this movie is like a hardcore Christian. And they did it for free. And that's what I think. I, I agree it, with that. And I, I think I think the most of the budget went to the video game that was developed that was shown at the end of the movie. That piece of shit video game that no kid would ever play. The brother of uh, Archie Channing is a uh, video game designer. And he's been trying to just do this for fun. But um, Quigley, the dog finds out the how awesome or amazing this video game was and tries to bring it to the uh, the corporation, the technology corporation that he was used to be the CEO for to get it developed and give his brother a shit ton of money, which inevitably sends him to uh, go back to heaven and then they make a, a decision for him if he's going to go back to earth or not, which I don't want to ruin because the ending of this movie is... I don't know, wacky to say the least? I don't know. How, how would you describe it's it? It's very strange, dude. I'm actually glad you said that because I didn't write this in my notes, but I did want to bring it up, was that the movie is a bad movie, okay? Um, yes. <laughs> it is pretty difficult to watch, but I think I was sold at the ending. Like, I think I at the end of it, I was like, I think I enjoyed this. I, uh, in the same way, it took me two tries to get through it. But once you get over that hump of like the shitty production quality and like how loose the whole story is, yeah. it kind of becomes enjoyable. Well, you know uh, what I would um, compare it to, if any listeners are familiar with the musician Daniel Johnston. Yes. Um, Daniel Johnston is a lo-fi folk musician or he was you passed away i was gonna, I I was gonna say low functioning because he is a bit of low functioning yes the way that i uh the way that i heard him describe to me first was that you first put it on he's not technically pr- proficient at guitar so you hear these like plunking of the strings like bling 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 and you're like oh this is not good music but then when you stick it through like this symphony kind of starts to happen through the yes. noise and the plunkiness and I found the same thing to happen weirdly with Quigley I, did, I can't believe huh. I'm putting this much thought into this fucking bullshit <laughs> movie <laughs> but I see what you're saying at first I was like I can't 
I'm not going to be able to watch this for more than five minutes. It's shot on like a $90 digital camera. I can't do this. And then like halfway through, I'm like, oh, it's just a movie. You know, you yeah. start to almost get used to how shitty it looks. Yes. I, I agree with that. And I think that's the perfect way to end this pick. Uh, you at the listener at home, if you're interested in this, it's available for free on Tubi. And if you do pick it up, please email us or send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let us yeah. know what you think of your, well, let us know your thoughts of this shitty movie. <laughs> uh, can I have, I just have one final parting thought on this. Yes, go ahead. I would like to share. Okay. Do you remember the dare program? Did you have dare by you? Absolutely. Yes. I think we all did in the United States, right? I'd imagine so. Yes. So the problem with dare was that it was government funded. So they didn't have a ton of money. So all the content they put out backfired and made us all want to do drugs. <laughs> Uh, because it was so corny. And I feel that Christian content needs to have more money put back into it because this didn't want, this made me want to do sins. This didn't, (laughs) this didn't, (laughs) this didn't make me want to be a good person. It was, I was like, I want to sin now. I want to go out and find a sin to do. What's my favorite sin? I don't know. Um, but I wanted to do that. And, and, and that's the thing. It's so strange. It is very it strange? strange. And I can agree with you because whenever I would flip through the channels when I was younger and come across the Christian network or whatever, I always thought to myself, what a shitty yeah. show. I'm going to go out and, and commit some sins. I mean, <laughs> what is good Christian content? What is a Christian content show or movie that had a lot of money put into it? I can't think of it. They never do. Left it. Behind. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Is that a Creed album? It's, oh my God, it might as well be. And yeah. that's, I'll, I'll share it to you off air, okay? <laughs> or maybe right, we'll talk right. about that in the next in between. All right. Usually when we do these episodes and we do a lot of research on a topic or on multiple topics, like, you know, you getting it out, if you've never recorded a podcast before, getting it out feels pretty good. Like, cause you're going into this, I'm filled with info and I can't wait to talk about it. Yes. I feel messed up. You, after this after this one in particular yeah like three three Busey films is too much i think i agree <laughs> I, i'm glad i only watched one of them today yeah um, you said you oh, watched yeah okay okay that's the thing what's up yes watch all these movies but watch them on different days or maybe different weeks or different or weeks maybe or different one, months one one a month <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i feel i feel him in my brain <laughs> Claw on his way out. Show me the bush. <laughs> but that was it. Show me the bush. Come on. This has been a Gary Busey triple feature, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, something we both have been wanting to do for a long time. Yes. They're three very different movies, and they will touch you, and they will move you, <laughs> and they will motivate you to be a sinner. They will motivate you to be a better person. Yep. They will motivate you to go to Scumfog Island. Or a serial killer. I don't know. Take in this media and see how it affects you. You know, it affects us all differently. You're right. So this has been the third installment of our In-Betweeners episode. Yeah. And uh, Jamie and I have been talking about this for a while. We really love this format. Yes. I give a lot of credit to podcasts and, and content creators out there that can talk for an hour and a half passionately about one topic. Um, but, man, you know, especially when I get to sit down and talk to Bryce, I, you know, maybe it's been a week since we really spoke and hung out. I got all the shit on my mind. I want to I wanna <laughs> spew it all out. Yes. Hey, have you ever heard Pirates of the Plane? That's a pirate movie starring Tim Curry that was supposed to be Jim Varney, but he passed away. Wow. Uh, hey, have you ever heard of uh, the Son- the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Oh, it's pretty crazy <laughs> how they redid all the graphics. For- I can't, I don't want to talk about one thing for an entire hour. And we kind of did today. Kind of, but not really. We still have not three really. 
different subjects that we talked two about. Two different but, films. But one yeah. overall arching character, pretty much. But but yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe in the future you'll be seeing and hearing and listening to more episodes with multiple topics coming at you, bite-sized nostalgia, if Nostagilia. you will. Maybe they'll be connected, maybe they won't be. Yes, and, we'll and, and honestly, this is going to be the format that we're going to follow pretty much for the remainder of this season. And I'll tell you what, boys and girls, this season is getting hot. <laughs> it's not just the heat, baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> there is the heat too, though. There I'll is tell the you. heat. It's already getting Definitely. hot. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of heat, let's get chilled out a little bit because in the end of September, we're going to start our Boogus Halloween podcast. It's crazy, man. It's fucking It's already crazy. almost that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Because we do this. What have we been doing this for three years? Two years? We do, How long t- have we been together? We've been doing this for two years. How wow. crazy is that? So, so every time you bring it up, I'm like, that's just another fucking year just went by. Yep. Another day closer to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. If we can live fast and act like Busey, I think we're going to be living some damn good lives. Gary Busey is an old man and he's got the energy of a young spry maniac. And I think he's married so, to a young woman too. So I like him young. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, be kind, rewind, and stay, stay bogus. bogus. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. This be the best podcast in the universe. We got the host, Rash Shoemaker. Nothing like they move candy bars, any takers, and Austin, all the VHS tapes. I'm feeling really great. I'm hoping y'all great. Yes, one for a nickel. Complain about Rwanda sounding like Angelica Pickles. Watching P&P, maybe Malcolm in the middle. Sail on Gary the Snail. Mr. McNeely, I hope one of these days you will bring me my mail. E-count, shot your little you Hoover, order pale ales. Yo, I'm doper than diamonds, I got my bling with sales. Thinking I'ma get riders like my seller prevail. I got no rhymes for the VHS community. Got some lunch meat for you Nimrods. Rat King, Steve Jobs.